Uh, I had some strange visitors last night. Uh oh, aliens? Uh, could have been. <laughs> dance, monkey, dance. Welcome to this week's episode of Dance Monkey Dance. I'm Chris. I'm John. How you doing, John? I'm doing great. How are you? All right. How's life down in Florida? Hot. Hot. <laughs> Hot. Well, you know, now that we've reached the wet bulb temperature stuff, the world's just going to start dying off even faster. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. You know. It's a real fucked up moment in American or in the world evolution. Yeah, well, there's no way out. No, no, not at all. If we had a colony on Mars, it might be different, but, you know, we're never getting there either. Right. <laughs> Oh, good times. So what you been up to? What you've been watching? Oh, Lord. So much. Yeah. So much. Uh, I found a new series that I think you might like. Okay. It's called The After Party. Okay. It's It's in the vein of... Glass Onion and Knives Out. Okay. Where they're trying to solve a, a mystery, a murder. It's got Ben Feldman. It's got Tiffany Haddish. Um, Adam Scott. No, not Adam Scott. That's another story. <laughs> um. Anyway, it's it's really cleverly done. It's like they're they at there's an after party after their high school reunion. Okay. And the guy whose house it's at who's who's kind of a big influencer now um gets pushed off the balcony (laughs) and tiffany haddish is the the local detective assigned to it but she's told to just start taking statements and um somebody else is coming to take the lead okay um who doesn't show up until the eighth episode (laughs) after she's already solved everything but it's really cleverly done because each person's story of what happened that night is in a different format and the format is like each episode so like one's animated one's a musical one's a crime drama you know you see all these tropes oh interesting coming together yeah it i think it's worth checking out they just got a second season okay and the reason i i mentioned adam scott is because i was actually looking for his series called party down. Oh, okay. And, um, yeah, it's not good. (laughs) That's like a, that's like a rehash though, isn't it? Like, wasn't there a party down years ago? Oh, was there? I don't know. It's about caterers. Yeah. I thought that, I thought that like, um, I thought it was, it was like before he was on, uh, Parks and Rec. He was on Party Down, and then like this was one of those like, hey, that was a popular show. Let's do another season. Mm-hmm. I may I be don't mistaken, know. but I I don't know. It features Ken Marino, who you may know from the pre-show video of Rock and Roller Coaster. <laughs> He's Chris, the guitar tech. Yep. Um, let's get the guy who was Candy Andy on Two Broke Girls. <laughs> so this started Party Down started in two thousand and nine. Yeah, 
and then it looks like it was a hey we should do another another season of that so they did 2009 2010 and then 2023 <laughs> mm, okay Yeah, so it's 10 years after the last episode or whatever. 10 years? That's what it says. It oh, says yeah, isn't it? Later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Maybe they were living in the future. Yeah, it wasn't that funny. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Halfway through the first season, uh, Jennifer Coolidge replaces Jane Lynch because apparently Jane Lynch was too busy with Glee. Oh. <laughs> okay. So after party, yes. Party down, no. <laughs> <laughs> Just to be clear. Gotcha. Um, I also started to catch up on strange new worlds. Yeah. So we, uh, there's been a couple of episodes since we talked last. Yeah. I've, I'm through the, uh, the time travel episode. I haven't watched the most recent one. Okay. Um, I really liked it. They have really stepped up. Like last season was really good. And yeah, there was a lot of how can they top that? And I feel mm-hmm. like the first, what was it? The first two episodes were okay, but I yeah, I wasn't into the whole court martial kind of episode. Yeah, and so they, I guess, people were given the first, or the reviewers were given the first like five episodes, and they said the first two were like the weakest. Um. Mm-hmm. And so they're dealing with canon with going back in time with Khan and it was a really interesting episode where it's very much um I'm trying to think of what show it reminded me of there's there was a show about time travel where every time they tried to change things the universe kind of course corrected itself. Um, and they've kind of put that into star Trek now because anybody right. who is an, is a, a original series fan knows that the eugenics war were in the early nineties and Khan was off the planet by like 97 or something. And, so many things have now changed and so many temporal wars have happened that Khan was not born until much later or created until much later. And it now looks like, um, because in Picard season two, um, what's his name? The, the guy that Brent Spiner played in that, um, soon, soon, like, he gets he gets uh, an envelope at the end of that that says Project Khan, and so now this is several years right. later, and Khan is now a kid, and right. so they did this great thing of kind of tying all the shows together, mm-hmm. and they bring back James Kirk, but it's not like Prime Universe James Kirk, right? Um, right, and. You know, the I I really like the guy playing him. Like I thought, I thought he did a really good job with what he was given because it's not an impersonation of William Shatner. No, but every so often he goes into that same syntax he uses. Kind of, and and where Chris Pine did the same thing. Oddly, yeah. And so, like, they're not doing Shatner as a caricature; they're just playing the character and then every once in a while whipping something in there that's like oh okay that is Kirk right so I liked it I thought like I think they're doing a really good job the the this last one has a couple of minor quirks in it that yeah bothered me but um I think on a whole like 
this is what Star Trek should have been for a long time. Okay. I think going back to the formula of every every episode is something new. There is an overarching story, but it's not front and center. Um, this is Star Trek. Like they they literally went, "What happens if we do Star Trek again?" Right. And you get this, and the writers are are seem to be Star Trek fans, and they know like the history of it. So, you know, this time travel one had a, had a little bit of, you know, all the other Star Trek great time travel episodes like city on the edge of forever or like even even like um voyage home the movie the fourth movie like there's little nods in here and there of like we understand the past we're gonna write new things that help explain problems in the canon um and we're just gonna keep going and so it's it's really well done right I did like the fact that it was filmed in Toronto because there are all those locations I've like been in uh-huh. and they seem to be covering a lot of um, mileage running around the city but from the locations they really weren't well and it's it's funny because I, I love that when they get there and there's a huge Toronto sign behind them. Right. And so Kirk He's goes, like, Oh, this, this is, is New, New York. York. And I was like, Oh, please don't make this New York. Like, don't, right. don't let this actually be New York with a big stupid sign behind them that nobody changed. And then Lon was like, uh, no, it's Toronto. And so I appreciated like they called that out. Yeah. Hmm. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. And I'm I'm really liking Carol Kane. They're finding a good way to use her. Yes. That it's not, you know, it's not um it's like she's she's been around for a long time and she's actually an alien. Right. And like she's got this giant collection that they thought that she stole, but no, she just has had it for forever. It was a little kind of like um, convenient that she had told Lon that she had had something in um, Vermont. Right. And my, my only question, like my only major question is how did they get across the border with no IDs? Yeah. Because they not only go to Vermont, but they go back. Right. So how do they cross the border without any kind of like ID or whatever? But I guess that's just a, you know, it, it worked, whatever. I think they hid in empty maple syrup barrels. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. That's how they were smuggled across. That's funny. But um, yeah, it was fun. So Paramount Plus, there's another show on there that I started watching that I don't know if if would be right up your alley, but I think it's a really good show. And that is the Stallone TV show, Tulsa King. Oh, yeah. I started watching it on a whim. Because um, okay. I read, like, I re- I've always liked The Sopranos, and one of my favorite movies is Goodfellas. So anytime there's a a mob tie-in, I'll check it out. And he's a mobster that spent 25 years in prison, and then he gets sent out to uh, Tulsa in order to kind of like establish a presence out there. And it's got Martin Starr in it, and um there's a couple other people that I recognize, but like, it's one of those like, Oh, it's that it's, I've seen them around. Not really sure where though. Um, but it's really well done. It's, it's not too over the top for Stallone. Um, I think, I think like 
he's he enjoys playing the character so it shows in his performance um and you know it's middle of nowhere tulsa so like he's kind of a fish out of water water so it works on a couple of different levels Hmm. but i definitely if if you like that kind of stuff i think it's worth checking out i might check it out it's got to be better than his reality show I haven't bothered to watch that yet. I have no interest in it. <laughs> so have you been, have you caught up on secret wars or secret invasion? I have a secret invasion. I have. And how do you feel about it? So Nick Fury knows his wife's a scroll. Uh, apparently. I, I wonder how deep the Skrulls have actually embedded themselves. Well, they're the his I've, wife calls Rhodey at the end, and so apparently Rhodey's a Skrull too. And doesn't she say I have to talk to Gravik? Something like that, yeah. Okay, okay. Because that's what I thought. It's like, oh, so is she a traitor? What the hell? Yeah, and it's it's a little weird because like we're going to get super scrolls at some point. Right. And there's that, there's a, there's a passing shot of a monitor that has like, it says like Groot and extremis and something else. Yes. So I guess they're going to mix all that and become super scrolls. Yes. And that's, I, that's the theory. I'm like, okay, come on. Do we, are we're really going to do super scrolls? Whatever. Um, do you feel like for six episodes the show is slow? Slow, yeah, yeah. I mean, because I mean, really, we've got one more episode until you know what's customarily the big episode. You know, the one before the final one. Yep. And um, yeah, I mean, I hope they know where they're going. Like they, I, you know, Olivia Coleman's got some screen time but how much is her involvement in all this yeah like and she like it it hasn't been a whole lot going on and i'm like uh, okay right and did and did khaleesi really die i don't think so it'd be a bold move if if she did yeah i think it would be very interesting to be like um here's a star here's somebody that that um we told you was going to be in this and she's only in it for three episodes yeah so i mean if it had been 10 or 12 episodes i can see them taking the time that they're taking but in right. six episodes like we should have been through there's a million scrolls and they're all over the country or they're all over the world and there's no stopping them in like episode one. Right. And we don't get that until like episode, the end of episode two. And it's like, okay, you guys are kind of wasting time. So I don't know if we're going to get a season two of this, or this is just going to build into another movie, but right. I don't, literally like we got to the end of, of of this last episode and I was like what did we what did we accomplish with this yeah we killed the main character and we're no closer to solving anything so I don't know if it, it feels a little slow too slow for a Marvel TV show of this length right mm-hmm so I don't know. Maybe the last three episodes are supersized. It's, I don't know. I mean, these are pretty long episodes too. I mean, yeah, the first one was like an hour. I don't know what the second one was. Um, and you get really good actors in there and they're, they're all kind of wasted. So I don't know. 
Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't say what the length of these are. Like the the last three, so I don't know. It was a it's only got like a seven rating on IMDB. Yeah. Which I was probably fair. It's probably accurate. Does this say? So the last one was 42 minutes. Then you have two that were like f- around 56 minutes. Yeah. So. I mean, that's a that's an hour television show. Yeah. For the most part. Yeah. I can't take Scooter or Shooter McGavin or whatever the fuck his name is. Seriously. <laughs> As the. And like he played, he played a Senator in Stargate universe. Right. You're talking about Chris. No. What's his yeah. name? Chris. That something. Dude. That dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was Shooter McGavin in, um, happy Gilmore. And he was also, I think he was, he was in Greece too. I think he was one of the T-birds in Greece too. Oh, but, um, yeah, I, I have a hard time taking him seriously. Christopher McDonald. Christopher McDonald. Yep. Good. He works a lot. He does. And it's always Shooter McGavin. <laughs> I don't know. I I just feel like I don't know if it's superhero fatigue or whatever, but I don't feel like this version of the Marvel universe is as strong as before Endgame. Because it's not as flashy. I don't know if it's flashy or whether it's, um, like not as good storytelling. Like, I feel it's all been lacking. Like you don't get the same, like even in the movies, like, like their, their new movies, you don't get that same, like, Oh, I can't wait for the next one to come out. Like you did when like the original Iron Man came out or like for the first Captain America. Oh, I can't wait to see what they do with him. Like, there's nothing that's come out where I've been like, oh, I can't wait for this next movie. It's all just been like, oh, okay. I guess when that hits uh, Disney Plus, that's when I'll watch it. Hmm. Yeah, it definitely needs some, some quick decisions and give us the storytelling we're used to. Yeah. I, I see how they're trying to tie all this shit together, but there's a point where you've got to concentrate on the story at hand. You know, all the fan service is good, but um, it's just not enough. It right. needs some substance to it. You know, we need to know. I mean, are, are the scrolls just looking to inhabit earth and replace us or is there something else going on well and think of i know that they're trying to do it with roadie but think of and i again i know it's tv so they probably have a hard time but the opportunities that could come from major avengers figures being scrolls right where you get somebody in for a day to just shoot a cameo Mm-hmm. you know and just make it so like you really don't know who's a scroll and who isn't I mean I think I think the whole idea of Rhodey being a scroll is is telegraphed like way far in advance mm-hmm. and you know there's a the whole thing about um, Fury saying that nobody calls him Nick and right. there are nobody calls him Nicholas yeah and so um, Rhodey calls him Nick or Nicholas or whatever in their meeting. Right. And it's like, 
but he had just said that nobody calls him that like five minutes before. And it's like, okay, we're not letting the audience try to figure shit out. We're just going to hit him over the head with it. And I guess it's because they just have no time. Right. You know, here's six episodes. We're just going to have to cram it full of shit. Yeah. When they try to do that, I think it, it ends up feeling too rushed. Well, it's like, oh crap. We've only got, you know, one episode left and who knows, let's, let's tie up a bunch of plot ends. Right. And who knows what the, the deal was to get Samuel L. Jackson into a TV show. Right. You know, I'm sure Ben Mendelsohn was an easier sell than he was. Yeah. But still like it, maybe he only wanted to commit to six. And then since it's a secret invasion show and he's the main character, you know, they don't want to book a Boba Fett it where he's not in a couple of them. Mm-hmm. Cause that would be weird. Right. Here's the Sam Jackson story without Sam Jackson. <laughs> yeah. Good storytelling. Definitely. Definitely. Leaving me a little disappointed. Yeah. I mean, when my 13 year old turns to me at the end and was like, that's kind of boring. Yeah. You know that that's the people that they're, trying to be they should be trying to rope in with this so yeah I don't know did you watch the behind the scenes of season 3 of Mandalorian Yes. Do you find it odd that Pedro Pascal is nowhere in the hour long show? No. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it really feels like they're working to replace him with Katie Sackhoff. Well, I, I would agree. I, I think she's a more interesting character. You know, the only purpose that, that Jin Jaren is serving right now is to be, Grogu's protector. Yeah. And I don't know how the fans would react if he was suddenly gone and there was no Grogu and it was a Bo-Katan TV show. I mean, they very smartly didn't, they, they named the show, the Mandalorian so that they could do whatever the fuck they wanted with it. Right. Um, but, I just, I don't know how the fan base would react if you lose baby Yoda. I don't know. I, I mean, I think Katie Sackhoff has a more interesting story to tell. Unless there's some big secret about Jinjarin that we haven't been revealed yet. Well, I mean, we both agreed that um, the the end of this season felt like an ending and not right. like until next time. Um, so I'm wondering whether or not that was their, um, you know, that was their cue of like when this comes back, he may like Din Jaren may be in it, but he's only he's going to like pass the torch. And then, you know, it'll become the, the Bo-Katan show. Yeah. I mean, I just don't see where they're going with his story. Well, I think it goes back to, like, what everybody loved about the first one, the first season, was that it was kind of like Creature of the Week. Um, yeah. And so, like, you got a lot more. They were able to do, like, the Seven Samurai episode, and they were able to do, like, you know, they were able to do smaller stories uh, without it having to tie together. And I think that's what a lot of people were assuming that they were going to try to go back to that. But it didn't really feel like this, like 
this behind the scenes very much felt like here's your new star and this is how she feels about like her new show <laughs> yes and not even one shot of like Pedro recording a VO or you know any of it nothing it was right it was like he didn't exist and it was really weird I don't know. I mean, it it does. I'm going to watch it regardless because I like Star yeah. Wars. So just feels. Remember when all the, the Star Wars fans were screaming about like the female takeover of Star Wars. Right. It feels like we're going to get another dose of that. They're going to start screaming about like, they took this away from Pedro and they gave it to a a woman and it's going to be like, yeah, but women can be Mandalorians too. Right. Well, obviously, I mean, we've got the armorer. Yep. We've got all the others that we've seen connected with Bo-Katan. Yep. Yep. So I'm, I don't know. I liked Din Jaren as a character and I hope he sticks around, but um I can definitely see them switching this up and like just being like, Hey, it's the Bo Katan show now. Well, or it's the Bo Katan show for you know, half a season and then they reunite and yeah, I don't know. I mean, that could be too. I mean, they've done that. They did that with Book of Boba Fett and they did that with an episode of this last season where they go and they like right. spend it all on um, Coruscant. But um, I don't know. It's It's going to be interesting to see how Dave Filoni mixes this all together with Ahsoka and everything else. Right. Um, Because I guess now they're saying that the Ahsoka season is basically just the Rebels um, season that he didn't get. Final episode? Yeah, yeah. Which, if they wanted to do Rebels live action, that'd be one thing. But, like, they're calling it the Ahsoka show, which is weird. (laughs) Right. I don't know if it was just an easier sell to, to Disney of being like, no, it's about this character. I don't know. It's very weird. Yes. I mean, obviously, Filoni has a plan. So, and he's been good to us so far. Yeah. So, let's see where he, uh, you know, where it takes us. You know, Star Wars fans can't wait, though. Right. Except, of course, for the new Ray movie. <laughs> well, you know. It Out of the three movies, which one are you more excited for? Are you excited for Old Republic? Filoni. The Filoni No, one? the Filoni. Okay. Yeah, I don't know about the High Republic one. Okay. Because that just doesn't... It. I mean, I know they're promoting the hell out of it, and there's still comic books and novels and this whole thing, but I just don't think it ever caught on because it was it wasn't your classic Star Wars. Uh, yeah. You know, the same thing with the sequels and, pre- and prequels. It's, okay, so you kind of gave nods to the characters we grew up with, but you're trying so hard to reinvent it that you're losing us along the way. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, I'm definitely looking forward to... Um, to the Filoni one. 
the Avengers of Star Wars? Yes, pretty much. <laughs> there was a weird rumor a couple of weeks ago that, um, cause you know how everybody's saying that Disney is in financial ruin and like all this bullshit. Yes. That they were going to sell star Wars back to George Lucas. Cause why would he do that? Well, because he had supposedly shown interest in fixing everything. And it was like, Meh, I don't see that. Because Disney's not going to give up like all the the stuff that they built at the parks and oh, of course not. You know, they make way too much money off that to revert the rights back to somebody else. But you know, that was also around the same time that they were saying that the uh, the acolyte had been canceled, and I haven't heard anything else about that either. No, I haven't yet either. I'm sure Disney will be fine. I'm sure they are too. What else have you been watching? I watched the new Transformers movie. Oh, why? Because I was told it was good. Um, I had a friend. By who, someone who hated you? No, I had a, I had a friend who took his kid to see it. And we used to discuss like the Transformers films and stuff. So he hit me up and asked me if I had seen it yet. And he said that it was the best one since Bumblebee and Bumblebee was actually a, a really decent Transformers film and okay. so I watched it and I'm so confused with Transformers continuity that it feels like the X-Men universe to me um, because this one takes place in 1994 and okay. um, there is a um, a piece of like so many so many bits of the Transformer history lands on Earth um, that it's super convenient that they're always here and so you come to find out that this this key had been hidden on Earth and it winds up in New York City in 1994 at a lab on Ellis Island and so the good okay. transformers show up and the bad transformers show up and they have this big fight on Ellis Island. Now this is like 10 to 15 years before Optimus Prime is supposed to come to earth in the first transformers film, but he's here and he looks just like he does in the, in the first movie. And it's just like, I don't understand what's going on anymore. Huh? And so like a lot of the movie takes place away from people so that they can kind of keep the continuity together. But there's a ton of transformers here. And like in the first movie, it's, it's very much implied that like Bumblebee is the only Autobot and that's not the case. And like, it's and the voice of, um, the Autobot you spend the most time with is um, Pete Davidson. Yeah. And so he plays like a Porsche. And okay. at some point he transforms himself into a mechanical suit that a human wears. So he's wearing like an Iron Man suit. Okay. And I was like, well, this is really odd. And then the biggest, weirdest thing spoiler for the new transformers movie is the human that's using the suit then gets debriefed by somebody um in the government and you don't know who it is or who he works for 
And he's like, we really need somebody of your caliber kid. And he throws his card down and he kid picks it up and turns it over. And there's the, the logo for GI Joe. And so I guess they're going to do a GI Joe transformers film next, which wow. will well, that's not a stretch. make any sense other than they did comic books about it. Right. But <clears throat> like in, so we're going to have to believe that like he, like these robots came to earth and nobody knew that who they were or that they even existed, but like they fought alongside GI Joe, like, yeah, I was just like, all right, whatever. I will say that if you're nostalgic for like late eighties, early nineties music, the transformers soundtrack is unbelievable. Cause really? it, it's got all kinds of like throwbacks to like shit that was popular in the late eighties, early nineties. Okay. There's a couple of good needle drops too. So was it worth watching? No, no, <laughs> no, of course not. And I think, I think, um, you know, my friend who's got like a seven year old kid, eight year old kid is pro like that kid is prime for transformers. And sure. when the kid gets excited, then he was probably like, well, that's probably a better movie than I was thinking it was. I, like, okay. like I really feel like, you know, he might've seen it through the eyes of his kid and thought it was better than what it was. Um, I don't know. I didn't enjoy it as much as he did though. Okay. Does it make you want to run out and buy some toys? No, no, no. I mean, like when I watched Transformers, it was always like Megatron fighting Optimus Prime. It wasn't all these like characters that you don't really know. Right. You know, the big the big ally this time is the um, what do they call them? The Manimals. Yes. So it's Ron Perlman is Optimus Primal and he's a big gorilla. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. And so like there's a, there's a gorilla and there's a cheetah and there's a hawk. Um, and there's something else and I can't remember what that animal is. Um, but there are like another faction of the transformers that like we haven't met until this point. Okay. So, I mean, it's, it's weird. That's very bizarre. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely Hasbro trying to rebuild their shared universe. Right. From when they did all the GI Joe stuff before. And, um, um, is Hasbro Barbie? Uh, is that oh, that's Mattel, isn't it? That's Mattel. Okay. Yeah. So maybe there's just these, all these toy movies now that are going to come out. Well, I was going to mention that, that the, I thought freaking Barbie had already been out for weeks based on all the ads I'm seeing for it. No, it doesn't. It, it's going up against Oppenheimer. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of weird. And you know, um, <laughs> what's his name? Tom Cruise was like, I'm going to see them both opening weekend. Of course he is. And it's like, sure you can, Tom, because you can probably get your own theater, like, you know, to sit privately and not with a whole group of people. They'll probably bring a copy over to his house. Oh, I'm sure they will. Are In you gonna, the Scientology compound. Are you going to watch Barbie? No. No? I'm just so annoyed by it at this point. <laughs> you know, those stupid, stupid progressive commercials yeah you don't you don't want to see John Cena as Ken no no or or Simo what's his name Simu Liu the guy who was in yep Shang-Chi yep uh, 
Yeah, no, I have no interest in it whatsoever. Kate McKinnon Not even is as a Barbie? A, she's the Barbie that every girl, like, brutalizes. Like, she's got the cut hair, and she's got, like, marker on her face. <laughs> Dua Lipa? She's a Barbie. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> no, no, no. You can stay at the Barbie Dreamhouse Airbnb. Uh, no thanks. Mm. Yeah. You're not going to go for Helen Mirren as the narrator? Uh, no. No? Rhea Perlman's in it, but she doesn't have a credit. <laughs> it doesn't say who she's playing. She's old hag Barbie? Probably. I mean, I I really enjoyed the first trailer from Barbie, uh-huh. like where it was supposed to be like uh, 2001, and instead of apes, it was the kids. Like, I thought, I thought some of that yeah, was, yeah. was clever. Um, and I like, I may throw it on just to see what the first like ten minutes is like. But like, bleach blonde Ryan Gosling is not like something I'm super excited about. I think I'd rather see Oppenheimer that week. Yeah. I'm not really interested in either one, at least not on the big screen. No. Well, there's nothing I'm going to go back to the theater for this summer. No? No. I can't. I can't see going back for anything else. Did you see the the French poster for the Barbie movie? No. Am I going to pull that up? Well, it, it, the text on it reads, she knows everything. He just knows how to fuck. What? But it's in French, so it sounds different. Oh, let me look at this up. Hang on. creativeblog.com has a really interesting take on this. Uh, is the French Ken, according to Hollywood Reporter, is a French colloquialism for a four-letter word that starts with F that rhymes with duck. <laughs> so in French, the poster reads, she knows everything, he just knows how to fuck. That's funny. <laughs> I mean, there can't be like a sex scene in this, right? I oh god, I would hope not. <laughs> Apparently, can wait. They're saying Ken is the French slang for sex. Uh, I guess so. I mean, is there an American version of this or an English version of this that like is just translated weird? I don't know. I mean, that kind of sounds like. So I think it I, was... I think the meaning of this should have been she knows everything and he's just Ken. But because Ken is is a colloquialism for fuck, like it's it's taken out of context. I mean, the French people should have known better. Well, maybe they thought they were pulling one over. Uh, possibly, because maybe it's it shouldn't be taken that way. Maybe it should just say. She knows everything and he's just Ken. Is that, do I have Google translate on my phone? Um, Google translate. Yeah. So let me find French. 
camera. So, so according to Google Translate, it says she can do anything. He's just Ken. And you put fuck in Google Translate and translate it to French? To French? Yeah. <laughs> Hang on. Le fuck. <laughs> All right. So let's do to French. Uh, French. And we're going to do... Well, this says Mared, but isn't that shit in French? That's shit. Yep. Mared. 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 Okay, so what if I write shit in there? It says the same thing. French word for fuck. How do people say the French word? Putain literally means whore, but it's the equivalent of fuck. Mm, okay. So I guess because Ken is... I wonder if Ken is like, you know, like hump or screw or something like, you know, something like that could be but they're using it as fucked so that they can say that the poster says he knows how to fuck well it's certainly getting people to talk about it and maybe that's the point maybe they're all just like um you know the more people are talking about barbie the more people are going to come out to the theater right because it's got to be a hard sell right I mean, there's only a certain number of people that this is going to appeal to. You don't think every little French girl grew up playing with Barbies? <laughs> Possibly. Well, let's see how it does at the box office. If this if this is the summer blockbuster, I'll be very surprised. <laughs> and disappointed. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Let's have you been seeing all the news stories about the orcas who are sinking boats? I have. They're getting all pissed off at people. They are. It's it's kind of interesting. I heard dolphins are doing it too now. Oh, really? Yes. Huh. That's pretty funny. Do is there any theory as to why? Uh so one theory is that the the whales have a negative impression of the boats. Okay. Like they've been like they've been attacked by boats, so they're going after boats. But another one is that it's just they're just playing. It's like, well, you've shipwrecked three boats, so <laughs> I don't think that's just playing. <laughs> that yeah, it's just the end of times. I mean, when you know, when the wildlife is now attacking you for nothing else than just being in their territory. Right. That's fucked up. That should tell that should tell us that we're really towards the end of end times. Yeah. So obviously we're not going to become water world. No. I mean as far as so I'm looking at a release calendar for movies. And is when orcas attack on there? No. Oh. <laughs> no. You know we don't do we don't do segues. Um 
silly rabbit. Just just looking at like what's coming out, there's only like three or four big movies coming out for the rest of the summer. Yeah. Mission Impossible. Oppenheimer, okay. Barbie are on the same Oppenheimer Barbie where Barbie yes. creates the, 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 the nuclear, nuclear bomb. bomb. Yep. That's that's the new Barbie that's coming out. I have become death. Yeah. Let's see. I think it'd be awesome. Um, I go see that one. July 28th is Haunted Mansion. Yep. Um there's a movie called Sympathy for the Devil which I don't know but it's a um it's the only other thing going into the theater that week. Um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the new animated film, and then Meg to the Trench, something called Shortcomings. And then August 11th is The Last Voyage of the Demeter, which is the story of the crossing with Dracula on the boat. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And Blue Beetle is the only other one that I see that's even close to like anything that you've heard of. And that's the summer. Is is anybody going to see Blue Beetle? No, not after the Flash. <laughs> Which sucks because, you know, the 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 kid from um Cobra Kai Cobra Kai was super enthusiastic about it and was like, this is his big shot and it's all going to get torpedoed because of fucking the flash. Mm. But I mean, it's a very light summer for movies. Yeah. Craven the hunter is the 6th of October, which I won't be seeing. Um, I'll end up having to go see Five Nights at Freddy's because of my kid. But there's nothing. There's nothing really until like Thanksgiving. There's an untitled Disney film coming out in theaters on December 1st. Ooh. <laughs> Whatever that means. Frozen Frozen six. Yeah. Uh, Wonka on December 15th. Eh. The Ghostbuster sequel is December 20th. And that goes up against Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. And then if you have nothing to do on Christmas Day, um, you can go see the remake of The Color Purple. Yeah. Okay. So basically saying there's no reason to go to the movies for the rest of the year. No. No, I'll probably end up going to see Ghostbusters in the theater. Yeah. If, you know, the if the trailers look cool and stuff, that one I might go for. Okay. Um There's also a to be um determined on a Sesame Street movie. That stars Anne Hathaway, Bo Burnham, uh, nobody else at all. Chance the Rapper, <laughs> he's in it. Ooh. They get lost in New York City and try to find their way back to Sesame Street. Well, that sounds, uh, yeah. <laughs> Inspired? Nah, uh, sure. Directed by somebody who's never directed before? That's interesting. Hmm. All of four, four of his credits have not been made yet, three of which are in development, and the Sesame Street movie. That's supposedly in post-production. Well, maybe he's the one to watch. Oh, I don't know. Oh, he's an actor turned director. Oh. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. What's his name? 
Uh, Jonathan Crystal. Oh, of course. <laughs> uh, uh, it looks like he wrote a bunch of shit. He's not an actor. He he wrote some shit. Lots of comedy stuff. I'm trying to think of what else I watched this week. I don't know if I... You don't watch Righteous Gemstones on HBO, right? Yes. Oh, do you? Yeah, I'm caught up on that. Oh. I really like this season. Uh, uh, yes. This season has been way funnier than I think the last, definitely last season. Um, right. You know, and it's always funny since it shot around where I live, you're always seeing things that are supposed to be other things. Um, like their main, their main church is actually the Charleston performing arts center just with a CGI right. cross on top and stuff like that. And there was an episode, I think it's episode two of this season where, um, what's her name? The sister. It's the one who had the affair when she yes. was on the road. Yep. Her, <clears throat> her and her husband come out of a movie theater and that okay. is actually the movie theater that we always go to. That's like oh, the really? closest movie theater to us. Yeah. So, okay. So all of a sudden it cuts to the front of that and I'm like, "Hey, I know where that is." And it's interesting that um HBO is allowing full male frontal nudity in the show. Cuz I didn't notice any this season yet. You didn't notice the big dick pic that she gets on her phone? Oh, on the phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I thought you were talking about Walter Goggins from the first episode, first season. Oh, yeah, he did show his body, didn't he? <laughs> and I didn't recognize, um, uh, what's your name? The woman from... Chris, Kristen Johnson? Yeah, Kristen Johnson. Yeah. Like, they really, like fucked with her look in order to get her into looking like whatever the fuck she's supposed to be. Right. Well, she was pretty rough on mom. Was she? Cause I always remember oh, yeah. her being like, you know, the blonde Hot. bombshell. Yeah. Yeah. They just put, yeah, up a- I think I, Go ahead. I think it's really interesting that they're <clears throat> the the whole concept of like bringing back the dead wife as a hologram for concert tour. Yep. <clears throat> and what's what's the secret association called? Capes and guns. Cape cl- cloaks and pistols or something. Uh. Let me see if I can find it because it's like the main plot point of this, this last episode. Um, oh, where is it? Uh, oh, it doesn't list it on IMDb. I mean, it's very, it, it's very like, we don't have like a mega church in Charleston that big, but like, it's very much like what South Carolina people are like. Judy is the sister's name. Beauty? Judy. Judy Gemstone. Well, that's lovely. Yeah. Cape and Cape and Pistol Society. Cape and Pistol. 
And he starts cursing and they're like, you can't curse in here. It's like the fuck I can't. <laughs> yes. That was the funniest part. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm looking at pictures of her and mom. Yeah, she's looking a little... Yeah. A little chunky. But I mean, Third Rock from the Sun was what, like mid 90s? Yeah. 1996. I get a point for that. You do. I do. From 94 to 96 would have been your your window. (laughs) She played Wilma in the uh, Flintstones reboot? Or the 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 second one. Prequel? Yes. Oh, wow. Yes. With, was it, no, she played Wilma. Oh, was Mark, no, who played, yeah, Mark Addy played Fred in that? Yeah, and Jane Krakowski was Betty. Well, Betty? Yeah. And Stephen Baldwin and was Stephen Baldwin Barney? Stephen Baldwin was Barney, yeah. See? I've watched lots of <laughs> shitty movies. And Alan Cumming was the great gazoo. Yep. Was it the, uh, was it the like that great gazoo that the people thought um, meant that like the Flintstones was actually set in the future after like the fall of man? Because there were all those like conspiracy theories about the Flintstones was happening at the same time as the Jetsons. Right. And that the Jetsons were up in the clouds and the Flintstones were down on the ground. I don't know how you explain the dinosaurs coming back, but. (laughs) Who knows? All right. You got anything else for this week? Uh, No, no. All right. Well, if you want to get in touch with us, you can always send us an email at info at dancemonkeypodcast.com. I can't remember the goddamn thing. Um, you can always send us a message on, on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, whatever. Let us know you're listening. <laughs> so until next week, this is Chris. <laughs> this is John. Have a good week. I invented the microchip.